Welcome to Evolve, Mastery for Leading a New World, with CEO and award-winning author, Yvette Bethel. This podcast is dedicated to supporting leaders with a variety of solutions to build trust, inspire authentic change, and improve morale within your organization. Learn how to grow your people, build your culture, and transform your results. Welcome to Evolve, Mastery for Leading a New World. I'm your host, Devette Bethel, and, it, and today it's my pleasure to interview DeVay Campbell, a consultant, career coach, speaker, and best-selling author of the Best Job Interview and Advice book. DeVay consults with companies with small or non-existent human resource departments, ones where it's easy to get caught in the day day-to-day -day tasks of keeping things running smoothly. She helps businesses succeed by providing workshops, coaching, or consulting with human resource teams. Hello, DeVay, and welcome to Evolve. Hi, thank you. I'm so glad to be on Evolve. <laughs> well, it's great to have you. Now, I'd like to start by inviting you to tell us a little bit about how you got started on your path. Okay. Well, I am now an HR consultant, and I started out, um, first of all, in management, in a management role. And when I was managing, I kind of liked the human resources part of things a little bit better. So some of the performance reviews and, and hiring, that really piqued my interest, but I could only do it for a short time um, because I had other duties to do throughout the day. So I started into human resources path about eight years ago in, in that role. In the human resources arena, I have been a generalist, which is handling everything, as you know, all the way to just really narrowing and focusing on employee hiring and retention. Oh, fabulous. And what do you love best about your work? I, what I love best, I, I do like the hiring and retention portion of it, as well as helping managers and leaders understand how to engage their employees. I think it's just the human resources world is just fascinating to me because you get a chance to advocate for the employee as well as, you know, support the organization. So it's kind of the best of both worlds, and that's what I love. Now, you mentioned engagement, and, uh, you know, there are different international surveys that consistently demonstrate low employee engagement around the world. Engagement is a critical consideration because it's directly linked to performance and results. What experience do you have with employee engagement? As a generalist and supporting managers and employees, I have went into different departments that have a low engagement. I've also analyzed and reviewed some of the internal engagement scores as well as external, like the Gallup poll, and mm -hmm. then trying to work with management and the teams to develop you know, higher engagement and to to understand what the core problems are mm -hmm. that's keeping employees disengaged and kind of working on strategies to get them to a different place. Now, uh, from your perspective, what are some of the signs of a disengaged employee? So a disengaged employee can be indifferent. You know, they really don't care one way or the other. And you think, well, as long as they say they don't care, that's great. But in actuality, if they're just, I mean, if they, if that, things that matter one way or the other, 
a disengaged employee will not speak up in meetings or, or give their input. They'll also shy away from the team when it comes to any kind of team functions, positive team functions, they shy away from that. They might also start having productivity problems and attendance problems is a big sign. And then just but overall negative, you know, negative in spite of, even if something great is happening for organization or an employee, they have a negative spin on it always. Mm. And and what are the the dangers of having a disengaged employee on a team? The main danger of a disengaged employee is that they will, whatever your business is, build your employee dealing with your customers, or even if they're on the back end, being disengaged will cause them to have more errors. It would also have them in a, in a place of being indifferent, and that can come across with the employees, the coworkers, and your clients. And then it'll eventually affect your bottom line. And then another situation that you'll run into if an employee is disengaged is that they'll start to really disrupt the teams and maybe turn some other team members against the company as well. Then you have a group of disengaged employees. In your experience, what are some of the things that uh, employers have done or you've helped with to kind of uh, transition Employees from being employees from being disengaged to being engaged. One of the main factors that I think plays a huge part in that is just being trustworthy and open and transparent. So sometimes that includes gaining their trust by sharing maybe your numbers or no matter how bad or how good a situation is, just including the employees. And it's one thing to listen to their voice and say, hey, you know what, we have this suggestion box and we want you to put something in it, but you never ever address anything. And then they start feeling like you don't care, so they don't care. One of the biggest things that I don't think people realize is that a lot of disengagement or engagement for that matter can occur at the point of onboarding a new employee. So the more you can, the more and the quicker you can get them kind of acclimated into your system and learning their role and meeting their teammates and feeling a part of the team, you can connect with them from the beginning. But of course, after they've been there a long time, then you have to, you know, kind of do some course corrections. But if you can have a strong onboarding, welcoming, even mentor programs, and things like that can really get things on the right track from the beginning. You mentioned uh onboarding and, and connecting with teams. And uh, I think, I believe connection is, is really very important. Now, you, meant, you also mentioned that mentoring is one way that the connection can be established. What else can be done to make that connection uh, and deepen it so that we, we end up, or employers end up and team leaders end up with engaged employees? Sure. One thing is just really showing the person that you care about them beyond work. So if you can develop a program that allows an employee to feel like you're supportive of their entire self, their families or their other professional and personal development, 
then they don't feel like there's just a number or just uh, a dollar sign to you to make you money, that it's actually a two-way investment. And then you start to get ambassadors, you know, for you that can kind of just rally out for you with other employees and kind of create a community, I would say, within your employee group, a family community within your groups. I like the, the idea of community and, and as opposed to saying teams. Um, what is the difference between a, a community and, and uh, or what makes a team a community? I think what makes a team a community is not only are you working towards a common goal, that every person is valued and they're respected for their values and their individualities versus sometimes when we build teams and organizations, we try to have you know, like opinions, but it's for one goal. In a community, you support one another's goals as well. So my goal might not be your goal, or my input might be different from yours because of my, you know, unique superpowers, but we're still banding together and supporting each other in those differences. And mm -hmm. you're kind of just sharing, you know, it's somewhat like a family. You have a family member, and just because you have a disagreement with that family member, they're not, you know, kicked out of the family. You know, you, you sit down and you talk about it, and at the end of the day, you love and you care about each other, so you want to see each other win. And, you know, it's the same. I think it's, it's, that's what makes a difference. You, you, you spoke about onboarding uh, earlier, but can you give us some tips about how uh, employers can recruit or look for engaged employees during the recruitment process. What what separates them from the others? Ah, oh, that's excellent. So when you want an when you recruit an engaged employee, you can kind of look for signs of things that they've done at their other organizations. If you have a you know person that has some experience, have they been involved in any groups or committees within work, or even just were they on the the basketball team or the softball team? at work? Are they the person that, if you're using like a behavior style interview, are they the person that constantly went over and beyond to help another person? And just listen at how they talk about their, their previous employer. So one of the questions that I would like, I used to ask and I, that I love to ask is, what did you like about your employer and what didn't you like? What makes a good manager? How do you you know, govern yourself? What happens when you don't agree with the organization? And asking some of those key questions might bring out some of the things within a person that could be red flags or they could be, hey, green flags, let's go. So, that you know, that's some of the things that you look at. And just look at their past behaviors and how engaged they were with their previous employer and what they were a part of. What are some of the, the things that you've heard in, during, in your experience uh, that would raise a red red flag for you and a green flag? What, what are the differences? Okay, so a, a red flag would be if I ask you, so tell me what, what did you like about your last company or your last team or your last role? Well, I kind of like to, to be to myself and I didn't necessarily um, have a lot of team interaction and so since I'm kind of a loner and my work is really not depending on anybody else's I, I kind of just stayed to myself and they let me do that you know they left me alone you know 
Um, not that, you know, there are different personality types, and I don't want to suggest that introvert versus extrovert or anything that's, is, um, that's different because we're all a value for what we are. But then you want to dive a little bit deeper into that question and say, so you like to be um, left alone, so did you engage in any of the office, you know, parties or any celebrations? You know, those type of things. Or if you're dealing with the person who says that one of the things that I liked best about my organization, this is a green flag. I really liked, you know, I liked my work, but I really liked the team dynamic and how we were a family. I enjoyed working with the people. One thing that I like is that they celebrated us, and um, when we had our birthdays, you know, they really cared. They showed that we, they cared. They treated me like not just another employee. Then that's the kind of person that's really open to that type of atmosphere and culture that you want, might want to pursue, mm -hmm. of course, if, if they're qualified. Now, you mentioned uh, behavioral style interviews. What are the different types of interviews and, and uh what, what separates the behavioral from the rest? So any interview questions, a line of questions, you can have a closed type of question where you're just a yes or no answer. And then if you leave it open-ended, the person is just free to kind of dialogue and conversate, you know, as they wish when they're sharing. But in the behavior style interview, is very structured. So you're looking for the situation or task that the person has, um, took in a particular incident, and then the action, and then the result. And so what the theory is behind the behavior-based interviewing is that past behaviors are going to predict future behaviors. So when you're asking a person, so tell me about a time where you went over and beyond for a team member, then you want one specific time versus leading that person. Because if I said, you know, Yvette, I want to know, if you had a team member that needed you to stay late for them because they had things to do, would you do that? Now, of course, you're going to say yes. But if I ask you, you know, that's an open, that's a closed question. And if I said, so tell me when and how you go over and beyond, then you might say, I stay late for my team members. You know, there are times when I am not really feeling well, but I really push hard. Or one of my team members was kind of not not meeting the deadlines, and I jumped in. So you're just kind of giving me different thoughts. But if I narrow you down and tell you to tell me about a time, then what I'm looking for in the situation and the action and the result is, you know, Debay, there was this one time I had this coworker, Sarah. She was really feeling ill, but she had to meet a, dead, a client. I know that Sarah was really feeling bad, and she's my team member. And even though it wasn't my work that I wanted to jump in and really help Sarah out to meet her deadline so that she can go home and take care of herself. Mm -hmm. And then the result was that she ended up, I ended up clicking with her client and she ended up meeting her goals and she was able to take much needed rest. And the next day she brought me a thank you card for helping mm -hmm. her out. So you, you know, you're bringing out that specific thing. So in addition to uh, how you interview, what are some of the other strategies and tips listeners can use to engage or re-engage employees? Re-engage re employees by finding out what motivates them. 
because it's not always the money and sometimes you make the mistake as, as we all do and have done that if you give a person another raise or another bonus then they're going to be engaged but find out it could be a, as simple as a you know a survey monkey um, dot com you can create you know a 10 question questionnaire and one of the questions should be would you recommend someone to work here and if the answer is no then you you need to really get to the bottom of why and then you know just kind of asking questions uh, when I worked for a large medical hospital I was tasked with the very you find out what motivates our employees other than money because we were going through it was uh, state funded you know state funded hospital pretty much and so the state was going through a financial crisis and we had to take a furlough so they were taking money from our paychecks right. and they still wanted us to be engaged and motivated so it was my job to find out what other people wanted and people want to be valued people enjoy gathering for the birthdays we had you know maybe everyone in June we all had a, a cake and all got together to celebrate everyone's birthday in June and then we did that for each month they really liked it to get an email from the supervisor saying hi you know I just want to thank you for a great job and they wanted public recognition and value so don't overestimate money find out what motivates your people first or you won't re-engage them find out what motivates your people first or you won't re-engage them with that I'd like to thank you DeVay for such an informative interview your insights and, and practical solutions will certainly help listeners to evolve. For more information about DeVay, you can check out her website at capital D-E-V-A-Y-C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L.com, DeVayCampbell.com. To our audience, I'd like to say thank you for joining me at Evolve. Mastery for Leading a New World. Join me this and every Monday for a new podcast. In the meantime, remember, always continue to evolve. Thanks for listening to Evolve, Mastery for Leading a New World. Visit YvetteBethel.com to learn more about Yvette's leadership programs and to download her free gift, Success Tips for Igniting Your Career.